Welcome to Lift and Love Conversations, where we are building a supportive culture around LGBTQ families in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I'm Allison Dayton from Lift and Love, and I will show you how to lean into your spiritual discomfort to deepen and grow your testimony of Jesus Christ. And I am Jenny Hunter of Jenny Hunter Coaching. I will help you identify obstacles that could get in the way of sustaining healthy relationships and realizing the blessings of being an LGBTQ family. Each week, we will bring you lessons we've learned through our own lives, the experiences of families we've worked with, and conversations with amazing experts. Well, when bishops were saying, I'm new to this arena, and someone's come out to me, and I don't know enough, I'm not, I don't feel prepared. I'd, I wasn't coming at this from the perspective of the bishop. I was coming from this, what would I want my bishop to know about, you know, if, if I was going to talk to, to a bishop? Well, but this is this is crafted, as I like to say, in like, like you're speaking bishop here. Yeah. So I am in leadership positions. I know how bishops think and talk. And so I put it together for bishops. But from my perspective, at but using my perspective as a gay member, right. what I would, and what, yeah, and what they can do and say, yeah. And it's your path that led you to this, and that's what makes it so. I mean, it, I read it and it was like every single one of these is perfect. Okay, so let's I, start. Number one, everybody's like, give us the list. I know <laughs> we're building some suspense. Okay, here we go. If you, I, I think the whole list could be summed up just as kindness begets kindness. Yes. Listening to someone and acknowledging their viewpoints and feelings goes a long way. Yeah. And then I just broke that out into a couple steps. Yeah. Love. Love everyone. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, okay. The number one, the, I mean, first, not in any particular order, right. other than what David put together here, all <laughs> LGBT members need a trusted adult in their life who loves, su supports, and sustains them, no matter what path they choose. Mm -hmm really two really important things I, I think um we have plenty of lgbtq uh individuals and adults in our in our midst who don't have one person which is unthinkable but and, it's true. right and how would a bishop prove to the youth that they're trusted you know well, that great story of the bishop you know yeah so there's a bishop in, in my stake, and he's pretty new bishop. Uh, he and I have been friends, though, for a long time. We've served in a couple of callings together. And he he told, as, as he was introducing himself, bearing his testimony to his ward, he told them that he loves all different kinds of people. And he was going through a list of people, and he included LGBT. And the first week, he had a, a, a youth come out to him as, I don't know, LGBT. Some, some, he, he didn't go into specifics, right? And so he came to me and he said, it's my first week and I already have somebody that's come out. And, and I'm a little, I'm a little um, feeling a little out of my depth. And I said, well, I, I have this list that I sometimes give to people if they've, if they've asked me, I'm willing to share it. And, and uh, he read it and he said, these, like, I feel like I can do these things and I can take these steps. and and." And then later he told me he's had another three youth who have come out to him. But how to show that you are a safe person, you've got to speak up against uh, uh, mean, mean words when you hear them and make it a safe space. And, and uh, I don't know if you understand, but 
LGBT people usually walk through life thinking it's not safe who mm. have a rainbow flag or a, or a trans pin or something. You know, if there's something that indicates you are safe, then that makes a big difference to an LGBT person. I love that. And just in this case, all he did was mention, I love you. Like, you know, LGBTQ, like, I love you. And that made it safe enough, right? Just that he Mm -hmm. sees them. Yeah. The other, the other point is of this is no matter which path they choose. So we know that statistically, and I wish I had the exact number, but it's probably, it's between 80 and 85% of LGBTQ people leave the church. Yeah, it's 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 up there. It's it's most most, hmm. and and I I think um, I think some people want to think that they do that so that they can, um, you know, they do that for reasons other than they the truth, which is that they can't be in our midst anymore because of the way you know, we talk about them, like you said, those comments, you you can't take those very long before they start to do real damage. Yep. Staying in the church actually uh, has a negative effect on, on the mental health of LGBTQ people. Right. As that is to say that is the truth. And there are many studies to show, to prove that. There. Like you said, it, it comes with a cost and you've paid that cost. Yeah. Right. Right. That's, that's very true. So, what we want to do is make sure we had one bishop of a trans youth say to the mother, your trans son may leave the church, will likely leave the church. But while he's here, he's going to feel love. And like, what else can we, you know? That's the perfect perception. While he's here, he will feel loved in our ward. And I love that. It goes along with the first part. I love you. You're loved here. You're loved here, and when you, if you leave, you're loved always. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So number two, when someone comes out, they should be greeted with love, validation, and hope. Not a lecture on repentance or reminded of the church's stance on same-sex marriage. <laughs> That's pretty clear. I love that all. Like, like I know. And David, is there anybody that understands the church's stance on gay marriage? Better than I ever. know the church's stance is way better than any bishop I've ever had. <laughs> you, did, you don't need the reminder. <laughs> I don't need the reminder. Okay. So, and you know, if a bishop really wants to talk about those things, I mean, the first time is not the time to do it because no. they've just opened themselves up, they've unzipped their heart, and it's wide open. And anything you say is going to be stuck deep down inside of them. I mean, hopefully you'll want to have additional meetings with them and follow up with them and see how they're doing. And if at that point you want to talk about something, then that's a, that's better, but not the first time. I was going to say, there was going to be no additional meetings if they don't handle that first interaction perfect. Like it needs to be perfect. And how you handle it perfectly is like what you say. You just love, support, support, and sustain them. Those three things. Yeah. That is it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, how how the bishop handles when somebody comes out to them will decide that relationship for it. And I know it's because, um, you know, Nick, when his first bishop was amazing and the second bishop, he doesn't want to go back in the bishop's office because it was such bad interaction with that bishop. So the power the bishop has for these youth um, can't be overstated of yeah. how impactful their journey will be in the church. So this is key. Well, and my husband and I, we ended up telling our stake president before we told our bishop, 
that our son was gay and he said, oh, he's like, I, I think I have a, a gay child in my family, a, gr- a grandchild. And he's like, if the, if he's gay, the Lord made him that way and the Lord will figure it out. And that, that was our introduction to the church. And I mean, it was, it just took like a million pounds off our back. Like right, it created a safe place for you as the parents then. Yeah. So yeah. good. And it's true, right? The Lord's going to mm-hmm. figure this. We, yep. we don't have to worry. Nope. Okay. I love that one. All right. Um, create a safe culture. And we've talked a lot about that. Um, this oh, I do want to say, and it's yes, go ahead. Uh, safe culture. Uh, when I did the fireside to the stake youth, it was me and the stake president. And one of the things we did is he, he described to them what would happen if they came out to him. So they come to his office. They say that I'm, I think I'm bi or I'm lesbian or whatever it is. And he said, I will thank you for trusting me. Mm. And I will recognize the courage that it took to come and talk to me. And then I'm going to ask you if, you're, if you'd be willing to share some about your journey up to this point. And then I'm going to ask if, you're, if you'd be open to me giving you a blessing. And, and then whether or not you allow me to give you a blessing. I'm, going, I'm a hugger. And so I'll ask if I can hug you. And our <laughs> I love that, fellow. man. Mm. And I thought that's that's brilliant because one of the worst things about not about coming out is not knowing how people will react. I so love it. Really, he took that unknown part out of the equation and said, "This is what I'm going to do if you come to me." Oh, and he and what a perfect model for any stake president or bishop. Everything he said, if if that happened to every youth who came out to a leader, can you imagine the difference? We wouldn't be losing most of our LGBTQ kids, right? right? Uh, well, and it would um, it would trickle down into the wards and stakes. But what I what I like about it is for a new stake president or bishop to to see that in this okay. list, and then they need to do some work around that so that they're ready to actually do those great things when their kids are there. They need to be working with the Lord, and uh, so I think we should expand number three to include that wisdom, and we'll put that up on. Um, with these. Okay. Number four, don't use words like struggling or say they'll be fixed in the resurrection. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> hallelujah. I know. I don't <laughs> know what to I say about that, right? On that, but <laughs> my Southern Baptist. Yeah. Okay. So why do we not want to, why do you not want to hear that you'll be fixed in the neck in the resurrection? Well, when I was telling you about my story, the Lord already told me I'm not broken. Right. Right. Yeah. I was going to say that implies something's wrong with you. Right. Okay. Yeah. And just because something is common doesn't mean it's normal. Just because you guys are straight doesn't mean that me not being straight is, is a problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. It's still natural. It's still a normal thing. It's I not know. disease or an addiction. Well, yeah. yes. And I love it. I mean, I always go back to the Lord's great variety. Like he reveled in variety. Otherwise we'd have one kind of butterfly and one kind of bird. And right? one kind of fish. Like, yeah, I always say to Allison, like, just think of the ocean, like how different, beautiful, right? If we could start looking at each other that way, like, I think the Lord's like, oh, you get it finally. Yeah. And look at how hard it's been over the generations for us to accept the Lord's great variety as as he his knows. greatest creation, right? The human yeah. being. And we have we had a hard time. fighting it, don't yeah. we? Yeah. 
Yeah, it yeah. kills me. Oh, can I share? So, uh, so I've told you I sometimes get to have conversations with uh, general authorities. I want to share something that happened. I was having dinner, with, uh, lunch with one, and and I said to him, "I believe I am included in God's plan, just not the church's plan." And the church needs to get on the ball and and get some revelation and figure out some things. And he looked at me and he said, "You know." You're right. When the church looks at the plan of salvation, we don't see gay people. But I mean, here you are. And mm. God loves LGBTQ people because he keeps making more of us. And you got to get this figured out. I love your boldness. Uh, look at the courage. I mean, to say that to a general authority, David, like, like you're like no hold bar. You know, you're like. Well, the funny thing is people that know me, they they would not see me as like a bold rabble rouser. I am just, um, uh, I am, I come across as a typical member of this church. Yeah. Super kind and super nice. Right. Yeah. I would agree with that. Like, but like, I love the courage that it took and you continue to have because it gives the rest of us courage to ask these bold questions. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it good. It does seem that the Lord's definitely trying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. has a lot to think about. Um, okay, so number five, our heavenly parents love their LGBTQ children. We should give them unconditional love and support and recognize they will bless the lives of others. I think you're a great example of that. Mm -hmm. Oh, thank you. Well, uh, and I love the, the fact that these are heavenly parents. These are our heavenly children. I mean, our... Um, yeah. Children of God, just so important that we remember that. There are studies done, and, and, and gay men have been studied way more than the rest of the queer community. Absolutely. I assume, I, I believe this, this we'll, we'll find this is true across the board, but uh, gay men on average, so think of any gay men you know and, and see if this sounds true of them. Compared to straight men, gay men are more creative. They are more compassionate. They have more empathy. They are smarter, have a higher IQ. They have, are, have higher emotional intelligence, which means they're better at reading emotions and recognizing emotions. And they are less um, uh, violent and more peaceful. Like, the, like that, think of all those building blocks together. The, these people are going to do great things in the world and in their communities and the lives of others. And we're lucky to have them with us. Yes. And we like, yeah. And that like our role as members is to create a safer place because the body of Christ needs that. Like in the gathering, like all of those things are such Christ-like and fruits of, fruits of the spirit. And it's true. Like I was thinking about the men I know, and the, I would say that is true for the men I know. So it is, um, there's not mistakes there, right? Like this is all part of their plan for them. Yeah, mm. definitely. Okay, number six, LGBTQ individuals are more likely to be the victims of bullying and violence than any other minority group in the USA. Be on the lookout for youth or youth adults who may be doing and saying unkind things. This is the dark side that we need to expose to the light. Yeah. It's been, it's been far too long that... Uh, that um, gay people, it's okay to say unkind things about gay people because they're gay. 
you know, and I, I know like for like just having a gay son, like I'm hypersensitive and I've heard remarks just from friends offhand thing that I was like, oh, I can't even imagine David, what you've heard in your lifetime or how it hurts, how deep that goes. Yeah. But I am super impressed with generation Z. They mm. love and accept people in a way that I have never seen in my life. I, I agree. And I think they have come down to the earth at this time because they love people differently and better than we do for the gathering because they will gather, you know, the gathering is all of God's children, right? And because of their ability to love, it's higher than a lot of us. I totally agree with you, David. Like it's the, these spirits, you see the difference in their abilities. I tell people, I, go ahead. No, no, you go first. Well, I was just going to say, I tell people, we, we taught our kids to love everybody and guess what? <laughs> they do. <laughs> They, they follow and that advice. They are, and they, I, they are and it's not so having, easy for them. How they yeah, think and they're and not having this. They're not no. having it. This like, oh well, we don't support this, and we do, they're just not having it. <laughs> no, and in fact, the straight children who are in our church are having a hard time with yes. how we treat the LGBT. Their friends, right? They're like they don't get it. Yes. What I imagine is we've got these kids, and we've told them that they are special, and they've come down. And they're the chosen generation. And they're like, you know what? We are going to love everybody. And then the, and then their elders are like, no, 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 like that. And they're like, no, we know what's going on. Get on board or get out. Because get we're the- move aside, right? <laughs> well, and doesn't the Lord usually send kids to do the work that adults aren't mm-hmm. doing very well? Right. And, and, like, and, and right. out of the mouth of babes, right? right? They will prophesy yeah. and they will, yeah. It's, it's, it's a scripture. It's prophetic, right? From our last days. Mm-hmm. That, that, yeah. Yes. yeah, I think I think you're so right. I think you are, you are right on there. I love that because like, if you're having a hard time, look how the youth are loving the youth, right? Like that is a good, if as adult, if you're having a hard time loving the LGBTQ community, take it, take a note from the youth. Because I I have an example I want to share the, uh, we had a young man in in a ward that would wear a kilt on Sundays and, oh, so many of the adult members were having a cow about it. We're complaining (laughs) all the time to the state president. And finally, the state president brought the bishop in and said, so tell me about this. Have you talked to him? What's going on? And and he said, no, I thought the young men would bully him into not doing it, but they don't care. And I don't understand why they haven't said anything. They just love him as he is. He pulled up, we opened up the old handbook, which has been replaced now. and And we read what the dress code was. And it said, they're encouraged, but not required to wear a white shirt. They're to be clean and, and well-groomed. It said nothing about pants. And and uh, and so we decided we should have pantsless Sunday every so often. <laughs> <laughs> that was like at BYU-Hawaii. Half the men were lava-lavas, right? Lava, yeah. Lava, yes. But people were making a big deal over something that isn't even a rule. That's right. Just the culture I, thing. When people start doing that, I'm like, they are here. Yeah, they're, they're here. here. Let's focus yeah. on what's important. Yeah. Because yeah. what we, I love that the kids were like good so. with that. the bishop was that I thought they were going to take care of it for me. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> and the kids were like teaching us there's nothing to take care of. Right. right. Well, yeah. yeah. You know, I get a lot of uh, comments or just people will pull me aside and be there. They don't have a gay child, but they have a child leaving the church over the issues of mm-hmm. the LGBT saying, policies yeah. and their, their kids are on there i mean someone at lunch today said the same thing to me one of the, my daughter's problems is the lgbtq um the way the policies and the way we treat people in the 
the church. I mean, it really is, a, it's generationally, they're just not having it anymore. No, it goes against like their yeah internal core of how we treat people. Yeah, which is good. We raised some good kids. That's right. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this one is a little trickier, but super important. LGBTQ individuals are more likely to be. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, no, excuse me. Number seven. Seven. Know the signs of suicide and depression. LGBTQ people are at much higher risk. It's a good idea for youth leaders to have some training in this. Yeah, and our last. Um, podcast i think it's number nine but we're linking we had a whole um um with flourish um lisa hansen come and talk to us about suicide she's done quite uh and the numbers and the statistics we give in that they're heartbreaking i mean it's like 80 percent. it's this is not a this is something all of us as adults need to take serious well and, and, and like lisa pointed out our lgbtq kids are really at a high risk for suicidality but so are our straight kids are at a much higher rate. So it's addressing across the board in youth is an important thing across the board, right? Yeah, it was like 10 to 15% of any teenager is at risk of suicide. But for LGBTQ youth, it's it's like a third of them attempt suicide in any given year. I think those numbers are low, David. It's it's, I think for the attempt, it's about there, but it's a lot higher for have thought about. Yeah, maybe it was like eighty percent. Yeah, fifty to eighty percent made a plan. Yeah, yeah, the feelings who have thought about it. It's it's. I think I don't remember the statistics. Oh, it's way up there. Yeah, I will tell you that at my blog, I get many people who contact me. In I'm sorry, in their darkest moments. Mm-hmm. And I've stayed up late into the night many times, helping them to hang on. And I've had people trying to resist the urge to self-harm contact me. And there's, there's so much pain and hurt caused by uh, teachers and leaders saying things who don't think that there's any LGBT person in the room or in earshot. And, and they don't see the damage, but I do. And, and there's a lot of pain and hurt out there. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't take much like um, our, we had the state young men's president over the other day and he was talking about what he's going to say in the upcoming camp about marriage and dating and how important it is. And um, my husband and I just mentioned, well, how are you going to address this for the LGBTQ youth sitting in there? And he hadn't even thought about that, you know, because mm-hmm. he was saying doctrine. It wasn't like he was saying anything wrong, but, and then he was, he's such a kind man. He was like, oh my gosh, you're right. I haven't even thought about that. Like, and so I said, just you seeing that saying, I see you, I know it's hard. Like that's all it takes, right, David? Like just the recognition recognition that they're in the room. It goes a long ways. I think it's, we're really safe. If 13.2% of kids at BYU identify as something other than totally straight, I think we're very safe to say that in any conversation and in any ward, in any meeting, one person in that room is either LGBTQ or has a family member who is LGBTQ. I think we're really safe. LDS Social Service, I saw this a couple years ago, LDS Social Services estimates that in a typical North American ward, there's four or five queer people there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and and everyone's heard me say this before, but in my last ward, there were 15 families. Mm-hmm. And the ward wasn't an enormous ward, but 15 families and that's two, you know, and then after I left, there were two more. So there's 17 families and uh two of them had two children so you can from now on we can 
just assume. Assume. Just that assume. Someone within the earshot is affected by what you say. Yeah. And I, I remember asking my son about this, like, what, what would you have wanted the leaders to say? And he said, just like, if it was a lesson on the family proclamation or marriage, just to say to me before, Hey, this is what I'm talking about. I know Mm -hmm. this must be hard. Or like, if you need to leave or, you know, just like, just the minimum of saying, I see you, I I see your pain. Like, is that enough, David? Or do you, are you um, recommend anything else that leaders should do? Um, So let's go to number, let's skip down to number nine okay that that addresses it Mm, okay especially before or after lessons about marriage say something like i know there are people in this ward who cannot be married because of same-sex attraction or other reasons i love you and the lord has a plan for you Mm, that's so even even without knowing like whoever's saying this doesn't have to know what the future holds for people, but you trust the Lord has a plan for them. Yes. And know you love them and you recognize this may be a difficult topic for them, but I know you're here. And I mean, think about Mother's Day. That's a day that is hard for a lot of people. And if the bishop said, I know there's people who have a bad relationship with their mother and people who wanted to be mother didn't have an opportunity and, and there's a lot of situations and we know you're here and we love you and we recognize that. And today's Mother's Day, we're going to talk about some good examples of mothers, but that doesn't that doesn't erase you and your pain. And we recognize that. We welcome you to be here. That's yeah. true. We've gotten so much better at that, right? Like, like most wars are hypersensitive to that. Like that is the same type of sensitivity we need for LGBTQ issues. That's a great um, analogy and example of how we should treat it. Well, and we know from conference right now that the church has gone there now officially more than 50% of the church is either divorced, single, or widowed. Never married. Right? So we are are really under obligation. Yeah, the families are in line. For those that don't fit the (laughs) norm, you know, because the norm, if we're, oh, that means that people who are in marriages are in the minority yeah so those things need to be addressed but have a bigger voice usually yeah i have a friend uh that about two or three weeks ago we were talking and he said this is not the church of the nuclear family no not the church of the married couple with two kids this is the church of jesus christ and i'd appreciate hearing a little more about the gospel and how that relates to my life yeah Right. Single people can stand up and talk about how the gospel has blessed their life. Married people and people with families can talk about how the gospel has blessed their life. But I want to hear more about that as opposed to we're going to have a dating activity. And here's how my husband and I first met. And, and yeah, you know. I love that. Well, and Elder Holland at Roots Tech this year said, how did he say it? Try. And I know you can. Focus, you know, in his cute way, but like quit focusing on the traditional family. Yeah, it's the eternal family. It's the eternal family of God. We're here to to get each other back. You, me getting you, David and Jenny, and you guys getting me and my family and my neighbors, we're all here to get each other back to the Lord. And it's so like, it's so easy for me to think of that because Dave, of course, is my brother. You're, of course, my sister. Like to me, that's so peaceful and comforting to like, like we're all like we're experiencing life differently, but we're all connected and we're all brothers and sisters. And you're right, David, when our lessons and our message and our activities start messaging that, how powerful the gathering will be, right? Right. So 
that is where we will really see um, people coming in hordes to get baptized. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and there's, there's just quickly, there's a, there's a line in the um, family proclamation. And I know the family proclamation is really hard for many people, uh, especially the over 50% we were talking about. But uh, there's a line that says disability, death, or other circumstances may necessitate mm-hmm. individual adaptation. And and someone I got a call or a, an email from a woman who said that she had a non-binary child coming into her young women's. And how was she going to deal with the um, young women's theme? We are daughters of heavenly parents with this non-binary child. And I said to her, this, this line should, should hold over to all of our things. And that this child is a child of God. She said, do you think I could say, I could have her recite we are, I am a child of heavenly parents. Yes. Like mm-hmm. other circumstances may necessita- necessitate individual adaptation. The Lord understands where we have to adapt, right? Yeah. yeah. Whatever it takes you to feel close to your heavenly father, yeah. the savior, that's what the Lord wants you to do. Right. Okay. Yes. So I'm going to go, we skipped eight. Eight. And yeah, because your story was so powerful with us too, David. I encourage them to pray and to ask God, to ask if God loves them as they are. Right. That obviously is based from my own experience, but I've encouraged people to do that. And some of them have reported back amazing experiences. I think our heavenly parents are anxious to let them know that they're loved. I agree. You know, one of, and Jenny could probably tell you the very same thing. One of the things that I do with, with uh, mothers, especially, I ask them when they first knew that their child was gay. And often it's much earlier than when the child came out, even if they were a little surprised by it. Yeah. And I know from my own experience that it, and it took me a long time to recognize it a lot. Like I think you mentioned David, but the spirit was there giving me nudges all along, kind of like, you need to be prepared for this. You, mm-hmm. you might want to look at, you know, this thing that your son did, you might want to just heads up. And my orientation was there the whole time. Yeah, We didn't recognize the signs of it. Well, because I think we think we were in a phase where we were like, oh, it, the spirit couldn't be telling me something like that. And especially with such a sweet message, right? Right. And I, so it, was I think, not, it was like, yeah, it was conflicting with the message. And but some it, people still thought it was a choice, right? Like, right, whoa, right. she's choosing this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yes. So when I looked back and I was like, wow, that was the spirit all along giving me dropping hints, mm-hmm. like, Hey girl, watch what's said. And luckily I, you know, I, like I, I said, before we started, I grew up with a brother who was gay and, mm-hmm. and we were always laughing about it. And, you know, like who got the gay this time and, Oh, so-and-so <laughs> got the gay. And, and we were, we've laughed about it a lot in our family. And, um, it was always kind of a big, some fun to joke about. And, uh, so it was easier for me, but there were times and many, many, many of these parents have been touched by the spirit saying this child is, you know, this child is whatever many times. And so once we realize that the spirit is there with us to help guide us, it's just such, it's such a different story for these parents. Yeah. Right. That he's, and, and he's been there early, right? Like it, right? Yeah, he testifying the Lord's in this early with you as a parent. Well, and I can tell you that the, the spirit testified to me about my son the moment he was put in my arms, the very mm-hmm. first moment. And um, yeah, and it's, I mean, it really shows you the divinity 
of the Lord, these children and you and all of our LGBTQ people, that the Lord is there protecting and guiding all the way along. Yeah. And we want, it's good that the parents know it. It's way more imparent, important that the children know it. Yes. So yeah, number eight, to encourage them. And truly all of us need to do that, right? But even more importantly, people who feel marginalized and our kids mm-hmm. do, are LGBTQ. Yeah. So yes, so okay. good. I love that your family joked about, because uh, as long as it's not mean, it's just a way of normalizing. No, no, never. Well, and even my son, like we were, we were going for a big race one morning and it was right after he told everybody, we were with the whole family. It was Thanksgiving and he's like, I don't want to go. And I'm like, why? And he's like, cause I'm gay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's like, you still got to get up and get out of here. Right? We don't run. Uh, or we'll be like, oh, Jake, what color? You know, you're the one that's gay. Which one? What colors should we choose? Like all the stereotypes. No, we have a good. Yeah. It's, it's we, great fun. Yeah, we got a new it. we got a new state presidency here a couple months ago, and and one of them, I so you know, I'm the secretary, so I their schedule, and I was sending them what to what where they're going and what time, and and he said, thanks for keeping me straight, and I said, I keep you straight, me gay, and then I was like. <laughs> I don't think I know you well enough yet. To... Uh, oh, <laughs> the day is coming when we can joke. I know we always say, always forward. No, what does Jake say? Always, my brother used to say, always forward, never straight. Because <laughs> 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 straight on. Okay, number right. 10. Last but not least. Uh, know the studies. Let's see. Know that studies show that being active in the LDS church is often detrimental to the mental health and quality of life of LGBTQ people. For a person's well-being, they may need to decide to, they need a break. Make sure they know they're welcome to come back. Yeah. And I would add that all that they need from the ward is available to them when they are not with us. You know, number one about um, everyone needs a mentor. A bishop can still be a mentor in someone's life who isn't coming church yeah that's right because i mean the that bishop, kind of relationship right like and like that's what I, that's so funny you said that david because you know nick um active but not active you know he's still trying to figure it out and i had this impression to, to call him and say you know what not that you need to like go into the bishop's office and do all the regular stuff i said but for some reason i'm having this impression that the bishop's going to be important in your life and just that as a friend and he goes that's funny mom like me and him have been texting <laughs> and that's all right like what you said just yeah. friendship right it, it doesn't have to all be like when are you coming back to church but just that i love you i see you can i do anything for you just as any other friend and that is the bishop magnifying his calling and his watching over what the lord wants them to watch over right so good absolutely all right can we share this last quote that i think is so beautiful do you want to read it david yes yeah, so this is the previous state president here where I live, and I was in bishop's council with him. So to the bishops of my state, he said, GPT individuals are some of the most patient people you'll ever meet. They've heard more hurtful words than most any of us will hear in our entire lifetime. That doesn't mean that they're immune to the words. There are LGBTQ members who come to the church and they deserve to hear good words, to be welcomed and loved and be strengthened in the gospel. I just, when I read those words the first time. Yeah. If we could all do that, if, if, if every word really lived by the creed, things would start really rapidly changing. 
Well, and what, I mean, David, what you brought to that stake, you'll probably, it will probably take to eternity for you to really recognize the impact. Truth. Of being, you know, the being there and, and, and being able to witness who you are and for so many other people. And it won't it be lovely when you're no longer the iconic gay of our state, right? <laughs> and you're just another one of the gay guys. I said to Allison, won't it be lovely when it, yeah, it's no big deal. Like when some, when your child comes out to you, it's no big deal to the parents anymore. We're like, oh, okay. Right. It's yeah. like saying, oh, I'm going to get, you know, my hair's brown. Oh, okay. Right. Uh, like just like, it doesn't throw you in panic. You just recognize this is part of your child who was created and something you just didn't know yet. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Listen, hey, I don't want to be doing lift and love in two and a half more years, three years. I'm done. <laughs> we are going to solve this problem by then because I got, I'm going to be a grandma. I'm going to be super busy. You are. So yes. we, we've got to hurry. We got to get some, some hearts changed and some, some. Through your things. mouth to God's ear, please. Yeah. Right? I know. Yes. I'm like, look, I got, I got a shelf life. I, right. So <laughs> David, if people want to follow you on Twitter or your, like say your information, because I know after listening to this, everybody's going to want to like find and look you up. Um, so if you want, so on Tumblr is where I focus on my, my stories and thoughts and experiences, but be warned, it's not all unicorns and, and rainbows. It's, uh, <laughs> it, it's the good and the bad and the ugly, because this is a hard place to be standing in the middle of. Good, but, but it's good. a realistic, um, portray of why you stay and how you're staying. Right. So, right. So I'll, I'll send the link. I'll send a link. Um, it's called Nerdy Game Warm. I'll send a link to the one post that went viral. And then if they want to see anything more from there, they can go from there. Okay. Twitter. And I'm a little, I'm a little saucy on there. I think <laughs> not, not too much, but uh, I, uh, I go by Nerdy Game Mormon there. And then on Facebook, I'm David Doyle. And, and if you want to be friends with me, that's fine. <laughs> and all right. I, I just want to say like, is your, is your DJ name DJ David Doyle? You know what? Actually, that's my actual initials. David James is my name. So, uh -huh. Doyle, DJ, there you go. DJ David, David James. David Doyle. <laughs> I don't know. DJ Davey Doyle. David Doyle. I don't know. Yes. There's something that's like so yes. cool. <laughs> and maybe we're, maybe we're link in the show notes, one of the um, videos you've done for the stake presidency, because like they are hilarious. Every time somebody sees them out of our stake, they're like, oh my gosh. Like, I, I hope this doesn't open up a viral request for you to come into video people, but could start they're so them. good. They're you so know what's fun. funny is one time the bishops came at Bishop's Council and they said, this is not fair. You got to let David make videos for us because <laughs> I think you guys are cool. It's so true. It is so true. It is. There, there's a rep now. Yep, for sure. Yep. Well, thank you for coming you know, on, David. Hey, guy, you'll, you'll increase your, your cred, right? <laughs> yeah, he has serious cred in our stake, for sure. I we love, love you. And thank you so much for being vulnerable and sharing your story. I know um, people listening to this, their lives will be changed. And the bishops getting this list, it will make them stronger leaders and more aligned with Christ in helping the youth. So thank you. Yeah, and thank we'll you for the work you do on Lift and Love because this is the, the change that needs to be happen can't happen just by queer people doing it. We need we need straight people who love and understand and and want the world to be better. Oh yeah, we are we're Amen. in this. We we can do it. Yep, two and a half years. That's all we got. So let's carry yeah. people. <laughs> <laughs> all right, bye everybody. Okay, bye. bye. Thanks so much.
Thank you for joining our podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the Lift and Love podcast. And if you like what we share, we would be so grateful if you would leave us a five-star rating. For more tips and resources, follow us on Instagram and Facebook under Lift and Love Org and Jenny Hunter Coaching. You can also go to liftandlove.org for loads of information and entry into our free support groups. If you're interested in personal coaching, sign up at jennyhuntercoaching.com. The first appointment is free. But most importantly, remember, you are not alone in this journey. We are building a community of thriving and faithful LGBTQ families who are here to lift and love you.